Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is July the 9th, and our chapter for today is Jonah chapter 2. Well, in chapter 1, we saw that Jonah, trying to escape the great God of the universe, which is laughable, decided he was going to go as far from Israel and as far from Assyria and Nineveh as he possibly could go. Well, we know that didn't work. And so he was cast into the sea. And the Bible says that God prepared a great fish and it swallowed Jonah. Now, I want you to just think about the great planning and sovereignty of God that brought all of this about. In God's great planning, he prepared a storm. He knew Jonah was going to do what he did. He prepared a storm, and this storm brought about all of the discombobulation and fear on the ship and among these mariners. Now, these were seasoned men who had been in rough storms before, but they knew that this time it was different. This time they were going to lose their lives, and they realized that this was a supernatural occurrence. They were not just superstitious men. These sailors had been on these waters before. They were probably Phoenicians who were the greatest sailors of the ancient world. They were the mariners of the ancient world during this period of world history. And so they knew that something was going on, and that's why they cast lots to see who was it that brought this about when they found out that indeed Jonah was a Hebrew, that he was running from God. He had told them that before. And he said, if you're going to get rid of this storm, you're going to have to get rid of me. They did not want to do that. And the Bible says that they did everything they could to try to keep from throwing Jonah overboard. But in the end, they could not do it. And so they asked God to forgive them for what they were about to do, but they did not want innocent blood on their hands. But indeed, what they did after all is they picked him up and they threw him into the sea. As soon as they did that, then the Bible says that the sea ceased from its raging and the men feared the Lord exceedingly. Now, this is not just idle talk. The word that is used there is the personal name for God. They recognized that this was the God of the Jewish people, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that he was sovereign. He was the Lord of the storm. He was the Lord of the sea that no one could escape him. So they cried out to God, and the Bible says, Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. In other words, they turned from their wickedness, and so God 
not only used Jonah's life and his rebellion to get his attention, but to get the attention of those that he would come in contact with. This is so many times the case. When people are running from God, they run through a lot of circumstances and people that God takes and uses to bring other people to himself. Now, the last verse of chapter one says, now the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, as you know, the Lord Jesus quoted this as the only sign that the Jews were going to finally get and ultimately get to know that he was the son of God. And it was the resurrection that was the final miracle that proved that he is the son of God. This is why Paul, Saul of Tarsus, in the book of Romans, chapter 1 and verse 4 says that Jesus was declared to be the son of God by the resurrection from the dead. If Jesus had said that he died for our sins as a payment for our sins, and uh, that was the end of it, and he was still in the grave today, then it would have been proof positive with all the miracles that he was not the son of God. But indeed, because he rose from the dead, he did what no one else has ever done, and that is, he rose from the dead never to die again. And Jonah was a type of that. But when we come to chapter 2, it says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, to Yahweh his God, Hashem his God, from the fish's belly. In other words, he was alive. God had prepared an encasement for him in the belly of this great fish to carry him like a submarine to the place where he would be vomited out, belched out onto the shore and make his way to Nineveh. And so he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Isn't it amazing? Good, there is nowhere that God is not. And out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. Imagine what that experience was. Jonah's the only one that's ever experienced this. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Now think about this. Growing up in northern Israel, where he was from, just a few miles from the city of Nazareth where Jesus grew up, Hafir was uh, his hometown, according to Second Kings chapter 14. It should be about verse 25, if you're looking for a reference, where it talks about Jonah, the son of Amittai, where he was from, Hefer, which was uh, just a little ways outside of Nazareth. But over and over again, remember, this was after Solomon's temple had been built. So there's no doubt he had made his way many times to the temple in Jerusalem for the Moed, for the special appointed days. And uh, it had been there where God had spoken to his heart and he had seen the presence of God and sensed his presence there. And he said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. That was the place where the manifest presence of God was. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul, the deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Just think about that experience. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yea, you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. 
What a tremendous verse. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. It's the personal name of God again. And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. You see, wherever we are, even in the belly of a great fish at the bottom of the Mediterranean, God will hear our prayer. Jonah knew that. He said, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And no sooner had he prayed that than verse 10 says, so the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. Now think about it. God not only is sovereign over the storms of life. He's sovereign over the sea. He was sovereign over the sailors. He was sovereign so much so that that fish was paying attention to every direction God gave. And just at the right time, God said, this is where I want you to put him out. Thank you for being the taxi to get him to where he needed to be. And that's exactly what the next step would be. Jonah would be vomited out on the shoreline so he could have a direct line to Nineveh. And the Bible says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise and go to Nineveh. In the next podcast, we will talk about God is the God of the second call and the second chance. But for now, for On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.